What's up, everybody? This is Zach and Amy, Chad and Judah with Be a Light. We hope that you've been having a fantastic and fantastical week. Fantastical, 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 fantastical. <laughs> I know what I'm about, son. <laughs> Amy goes first. Well, I hadn't asked how everybody's been. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can do a lightning round. I was like, I know it's going to We can do a, a quick like we did last week, which I liked. How's everybody's week been? Good. Awesome. Good. 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 I accidentally put out <laughs> the wrong episode. Yeah, we and, know. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody would have known. Well, I mean, well, it was like, like unity. It's like you should not. <laughs> well, this subject doesn't seem. <laughs> well, we're unifying with Christ. It's an abstract uh, uh, look on unity. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're doing it like Star Wars, where it's like the prequel before the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Just do the ending first. Yeah. And yeah. then the first. Episode. You know, I'm a visionary. <laughs> <laughs> We talk about unity once, and then ten years later, we're like, "Here's part two. <laughs> First, here we go. Um, so this week, we're talking about Christ not being just the waypoint, but Christ being the destination. Mm-hmm. So, well, you brought up the topic, so explain to us what you have in mind. Why I. Thought, thought that way. Okay. A lot of the times I get distracted and I see a lot of Christians, they, they're like, what's up, Jesus? And then they talk for hours about everything else. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not <laughs> how this works. <laughs> he is like, I feel like people have him as a starting point. They're like, yeah, I died with him and raised with him. And now I'm going to go fly and do all this cool stuff. And I'm like, no, (laughs) he's not a way just to a better life. He's not a way to help you get a better job or, or do better at your job or fulfill your destiny or your calling or it. What I'm saying is we look to him and then get right back on ourselves. Hmm. Anytime. I get right back on myself. I know I'm looking wrong. (laughs) Everything needs to be looked at through him. And so that's what he drill. He's always drilling into me. And really that's what I always come back to because that's the gospel. There's most people. If I asked them, there's years I didn't know the gospel. And if I asked the majority of Christians right now, they'd say, you know, uh, you know, uh, Jesus died for me. So I didn't go to hell. I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, they don't really have an in-depth knowledge. They just, I was just listening to this one podcast, and this girl talking about how she lost her faith, and I'm like, you never had it. Mm. 100% honest. If you came to know the knowledge of Jesus Christ mm. and his saving act, you don't just lose it because you didn't join a social club. Yeah. You yeah. didn't join a feel-better group. Yeah. If it was sold to you that way, I am sorry, because yeah. that's not it. It's literally... God himself, giving himself, offering himself, and then we live through him, for him. It's all about him. The Old Testament was him uh, hidden. The New Testament is him revealed. 
And it's all about, it literally, it's all about him. If Christianity is preached anything else but focused on Christ, and yes, who we became from him, yes, we have an identity, but you can't identify yourself if you can't identify him. Jesus said, you see the Father when you see me. No one can see the Father without me. And many of us were trying to build an image of the Father through the Old Testament, through the prophets, and in many times, and in many ways, he did speak through the prophets, but now he has spoken, declared his will once and for all through his Son. And so that's where the life-changing gospel happens, where we start having people who are actually want to be disciples and not just converts because, man, this church is doing good or, you know, I left that church. They just weren't meeting my needs or they just weren't, you know, doing this for me, doing that for me, doing it. I'm like, oh, that social club wasn't good for you. Hmm. I'm sorry. This isn't one. So, you know, you want to get to know the Lord because that's, <laughs> I don't know. I know it's just a little, I may sound a little bit grumpy, but. He didn't die so we can get on all these extra subjects. And even, even in Colossians, he talks, Paul talks about don't let them distract you with their angel worship or their aesthetic practices or their moralism or doing this, don't do this, don't say this, don't hang out with them, don't do this, don't do this. Or, you know, some offhand craziness. Yeah. It's literally Paul in every one of his epistles, Christ, 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 Christ. Because that's the life-changing factor of the gospel is not you just meeting God and then like bettering yourself. Yeah. I know I keep coming back to that, but that's what it looks like Christianity's turned into. Yeah, it's a like feel a, good. It's like a a self-help book. Yeah, it's crap. <laughs> you know, and uh, Brother David was talking um, Sunday. I, I was you know going on about you know, our actions and everything, he's like, I like to just listen to people. And he's like, he's like, when I get to listen to people, he's like, I learn a lot about them. Because he's like, whatever you're talking about, is that's who you are in that moment. Yeah. It's like, you know. It was what, like out of the, the, the heart, abundance the, of the heart. Speaks. Yeah, the yeah. mouth speaks. He's like, I learn a lot about people and what drives them. Yeah. And, you know, it's clearly scriptural and everything, but just like you were saying, it, it's not the, uh, you know, Jesus helped me get, get this new job or Jesus helped me pay my bills. It's like, yeah, those are byproducts of being focused on Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like we're doing this to get something out of it. Because yeah. if you look at the early church, man, they were... <laughs> <laughs> they were just discriminated and punished and killed. slaughtered and <laughs> killed. And it's like we look at, you know, Christians today and it's like, ah, here's the the five keys to, you know. This or that. This or that, you know. And it's, it's trying to boil it down to a formula. And I was talking to Amy this earlier. Like I was listening to this lady's interview and I'm uh, like it was really great. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know. I started my business, and before I even started working every day for two years, I went from 9 to 12 o'clock just praying and worshiping God. I'm like, that's awesome. And then I like my mind started going, that's what I need to do. And God was like, no. Yeah. He's like, no. He's like, that was for her. Mm -hmm. This is not a formula. Do not formulate this. Yeah. I was like, okay, I won't. 
because you know everybody's walk is different, but we all have to have that faith. We all have to be focused on Jesus because mm-hmm. we cannot formulate your walk is different than mine because mm-hmm. you're going through different things. Same thing as Shad, you know. But we all serve Jesus. Yeah. And am I am I against you know talking about healing or this or that and explaining these things further? No. But when I look at the epistles, when I look at everything, they pretty much just say, he healed you. <laughs> he did this. Yeah. He healed you. He did this. And they keep it focused on him when they talk about healing, when they talk about anything. He became poor so that you might become rich. They didn't teach, you know, Paul's not like, well, I talk about the Lord. Now let me get into my principles of the spiritual realm and the kingdom to walk in this or that. No, literally focus on Jesus. And I think this one right here, um, it's one of these, probably the next chapter, I think. Yeah, right here. So I just highlighted the, because I could read the whole, I could just sit here and read Colossians and call it a day because it's that good. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. That's it right there. Right there. (laughs) When you see how much, because then I think about it from the place of he's God. He's God. <laughs> you know, he, when, when I think about a God, it's something my mind is focused on and worshiping all day. You know, anyone who has an idol, they're telling you about their idol or whatever. They're focused on them, their intent. They know every action they're doing, everything they're doing. A lot of the times I think we've lost focus of God as God. Hmm. He is God. Yeah. Jesus is like I, I said that like a week ago. I just said it out loud, and I already knew Jesus was God. But I said it, I was like, Jesus is God. Then I was like, Jesus is God. And I was like, man, because like you know, we think about Father God, and then we're like Holy Spirit and Jesus, as mm-hmm. if like God, and then there's Holy Spirit and Jesus down here. Yeah. No, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You were just saying, like, work people, you can tell what people are worshiping. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just thought about, like, you take me two years ago, you knew what I worshiped. Like, I knew what was going on in, like, gaming and movies, like, anything that Kevin Smith was doing. Like, I knew everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I that was kind of a wake-up call. It's like, do I know what God's doing? You know, it's like, it's hard to know everything that God's doing, but... Do I know what's going on? Mm-hmm. And that 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 put me on blast. I'm hashtag woke right now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's big because we get focused on so many things. We've got so many distractions. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but this is a distraction. Mm-hmm. Like this, like I, I've even thought about going on a fast from that thing because it in the morning that's the first thing I check. Is my phone, and that it sets the tone of my day, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, oh, but but I've got a a, a scripture as my background, you know. <laughs> like I do, but it's like behind all those apps, behind all the apps and everything. <laughs> but it's like, is that the first thing that I read? No, I read all my notifications. Mm-hmm. I don't read. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's not the thing that I read first mm-hmm. every morning. It's like, oh, I like that verse. I put it on there, and it's like, 
Do I read it every day? Yeah. No. <laughs> I got a little uh, wordplay thing the Lord gave me a long time ago. You have a cell phone, but do you own self? And this this will rule you if you let it. And really what it comes down to is motives and intentions of the heart. Because this in itself is not bad. No. Yeah. Video games themselves are not bad. All these things, but God is always looking at the motives and intentions of the heart. Because as you said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you can reveal your, who you really are <laughs> by what you're talking about, what you're speaking on. Um and that's what he's always checking me on. That's what I'm always checking myself on. I don't want to do anything out of like a ooh, look at me motive. Mm. I struggle with that sometimes, you know? And I just back up and go, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and just let the Lord deal with it. But he's worthy, guys. He's God. <laughs> and he's worthy of praise. He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of honor. He is what brings change to people's lives. Yeah. It's not anything. If I have so much knowledge that it stops me from simply talking to someone about God, then my knowledge is useless. Yeah. If I can't sit there, because my best friend Chris has been challenging me because he'll admit and well, he hasn't been saved long, so he doesn't have all this like scriptural knowledge. But he has a simple trust and a simple faith. And he simply knows what he knows. And what he doesn't know, he doesn't know. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he has a heart for people. And there's just been person after person just come to the Lord through him. And he doesn't have a five-point sermon. He doesn't know any of that stuff. He'll, he's usually like, oh, let me go ask someone else for <laughs> that answer. But that right there shows me that this is more than what you know. Yeah. That he knows him. It's all about him who we know. That you might. And Paul said, "Now that you know God, or better yet, that you're known by Him." Yeah. Christianity is not the okay. I'm going to say this: Christianity is not the. Uh, I'm going to have to say a lot after I say this. It's not the healing of your body. It's not the bettering of your life. It's not any of these things all of those things come from him mm. the giver and maker of life <laughs> he just fixes those things it all just comes in line and in order it all just works out because he works it for your good but I, i'm always drawn back to Gala not galatians even galatians yeah but genesis he made adam with a he's like tend the garden the garden almost tended itself it says water came up from the ground and watered it he was more like just a you growing over there that's like how much he had to take care of it the animals came up he named them all he had a relationship with god yeah he made the earth and it was supposed to grow over the earth but it seemed to take care of itself and he just had a relationship with the lord and he walked with the cool of the day of the lord and if that's the Lord, what he does, he said, I'm the Lord and I changed not. And he made us in his image. And then he showed his original intention to have a relationship with us. And he said, I am the Lord and I changed not. Mm. When did he change? 
Mm. When did it become about making us grand or, you know, yes, are we going to have destinies? Yeah, but what I've seen from the Bible, he takes the sheep herder who's hidden in the back and makes him a king. Mm -hmm. He takes all these people who weren't. (laughs) He took Abram. Who didn't say Abram was of a affluent family? He wasn't some king somewhere. He was just he just said, I called you out. <laughs> and he just called him out. And so it's not the end that is the focus. It's the God who brings us to the end. And you see Abram turn into Abraham because the Lord renamed him, but but he walked and had faith, and it says that he believed God, and that was accounted to him as righteousness. David trusted God. And was made a king. And then not just a king, but that the Savior would come from his line. And he was just a, if you go by status, he was a sheep herder. Ain't nothing. And he wasn't even one of the the best of the sons. The dad didn't even want to bring him up. He's like, oh, I got one more. Uh, He's tending the sheep. I ain't going to get him. But so that shows me that it's not about us. He's looking for those who are willing, who want to be like him. That's all. And that's why we need to focus on Jesus, because how can we know who God is except through Jesus? Because Jesus is the visible, and I think it says it. It's one of these I highlighted, but, but it says he is the image of, he is the visible image of the invisible God. Uh Well, he said he came to show the father. (laughs) That's why I had a long discussion with some friends because I, I said the statement, heaven and hell is not the focus, the Father is. Mm. People are preaching out of fear. They're not preaching out of love. They're scared of people going to hell when Jesus said, come and know the Father. If they know the Father, they're not going to hell. Yeah, because if you have <laughs> a relationship with God, you're going to know his love. Yes. And that that destroys everything. That destroys the fear of going to hell. That once you know his love, like you said earlier, once you know Jesus, yes, you can't really lose your faith because yeah. you've already had that experience. Yeah. You know, that that is so true. It's like once you feel that love, it's like, man, I want more of it. Give me more. How do I get more? How do I feel it more? How do I feel it every day and mm-hmm. every second of it? And how do I walk like you? How do I think like you? How do I treat other people how you've treated me? Yeah. How do I love people like you love me? How do I not abandon people after I've abandoned you multiple times and you've been there for me? How do I be like that? How do you lose your faith if you've actually known him? If you've abandoned him and he's been there closer than a brother. He hasn't looked at you. He hasn't counted anything against you. And he said, you're mine. And this love, it consumes you when you're off and you get in horrible sin. And he still doesn't see you a second different. How do you go away from him? Clearly, the gospel has not been preached. Clearly, if people can go away. John said, if they've left, they've never known him. They were never with us. Clearly, the gospel has not been preached. If people can leave over emotional differences or offense, clearly it has not been preached if we do not know that we've been united with God. If we're only there because we want to get into heaven, if we're only telling people because we're scared they might go to hell, 
Clearly, we don't know the gospel. The gospel is not a message of mere placement from one place into another. It is a transformation. It is a reconciliation. It is a bringing back of the original value. I want to be like the one who pursued me. Who has not stopped pursuing me? Who sees me no different, even if I am acting 100% contrary? I want to be like that. I want to see people like that. And I've grown in that. But there's more. Guys, I'm sorry. I don't... <laughs> the gospel is not a do better. It is you are better. This is who I've called you to be. We're meant to be Jesus. Because he wants to live through us. And the call is to say this is who you are. It's when you're at work and I'm going to use Chris again. And you're talking about, you're just doing a Bible study on anger. And a guy comes and sits down and you just talk with him. And he says, I got a lot of anger. And I don't want to be angry anymore. Help me. How can we help him if we don't know the God that delivered us from anger? <laughs> delivered us from bitterness. <laughs> if you don't know him, you have nothing to offer but religion. <laughs> it says he was <laughs> he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us in the kingdom of the son of his love. So it's not even just the kingdom of light. It's the kingdom of the son of he loves. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in him. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by all things, he holds them together. He is also the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have the, all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven." Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds because of your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard, the gospel has been proclaimed to all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. I saw like 10 hymns and like one me's in there. Yeah. In the Bible, I see a lot of hymns and a little bit of me because he wants me to be him, not God, not to be worshiped, but he wants to make me like him. And it's just through and he says, and that's, I love this right here. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith, and not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. What's the gospel then? It's what he just said. What has been accomplished through Christ. Keeping that simple faith, that hope, 
knowing that he has me. I was sitting there at work today, and I'm, I'm so reminded, and I'm like, Lord, it's that simple. It's just you. You keep me. You keep me on passive righteousness for your name's sake. I can't see all these things that I'm seeing taught, guys. There's so much flair teaching out there. And we're not talking about Jesus anymore. We say hello to him on Easter. Some churches, maybe three times. But if he is not the focal point, we are dead in our tracks. We don't need, we don't need to teach people to be better. We need to teach them to be dead <laughs> and alive with him. We need to teach them that he loves them, that he's for them and not against them, that he's given himself, and that if he's given himself, we should also give ourselves in kind and give ourselves to him, and then he lives through us. And that's what changes people. That's what cleans people up. That's what makes prostitutes say, I don't want to be a prostitute anymore in the midst of prostituting. That's what makes people in the midst of their sin say, this isn't who I am anymore. In the midst of their sin, a man would see them and say, you're a sinner. All the while their heart is saying, that's not who I am and I don't want to continue in this. That's who our God is. The way he leads is in the midst of the muck and the mire and the dirt and the ugliness. He makes you not even want it. You're in the midst of it and you're so unattracted. I was in the midst of sin. And my heart was saying, this isn't who I am. And I don't know how to get out and I don't want it. And the Lord was like, yeah, you're pure. That's not who you are. Come on out. Come out from among them and be separate. Be holy as I am holy. Why do we then see those same people and say, well, if you really loved them, you wouldn't be in the midst of that. If you really loved them, you wouldn't be doing that. When I did it and I purely loved him and he called me out of those things because he changes the heart he changes the man, not the actions. He changes the man. <laughs> None of my actions changed for long when I tried to change my actions. But when God changed the man that I am, the actions came with it. <laughs> because he said, that's who you are. This is who you are. <laughs> he proclaimed himself and said, you're just like me. He said, you have one father, and he's the devil. But you have one true father, and that is your father, God. Amen. You're being fathered and steward in the wrong house right now. But I'm what you're supposed to look like. Come be with me. Come know me. Come take my burden. Come take my yoke upon you. Come learn of me. You search the scriptures as, as, as if in them you'll find eternal life, but they speak of me, but you won't come to me. <laughs> Someone else talk, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe you got some scripture. Mm -hmm. I see a note in Chad's pocket over there. 
I was like, oh, he's got some word over there. He's trying to hide it. Uh, oh, he would have folded that out. <laughs> I thought he was just going to be like. <laughs> I don't this blessed by the things that you've been saying. Like, I just, I think about I think about, like, when Zach and I were living together, and we were I mean, there was this it was even more than just that it was just everything just not at all being who I should be and and knowing that it created anxiety, the hmm. God used Zach praying for me and got me out of what I got myself into. And just as you're talking, like I just remember experiencing that that love, and and I think about. Like when we, well, like I was saying, like like he would pray for me, and it was like that that scripture, like I I do not have a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Like Zach would pray that over me, and he would speak to anxiety, and it would go away. And I'm like, I didn't even believe in <laughs> any of that, <laughs> and healing or anything. And like it worked every time, and I was just like. God, you really love me that much, you know? And he just drew me to himself. And, and like, when we got married, like, I just was, like, I don't know. There was just something there where it was, like, God, I know that you want, I know that there's more. And I know I've talked talked about it before but like when I had gotten so far away from things that God had called me to do and who he'd called me to be and like I was anxious about something I called uh, somebody and and you know they they were just like the Lord told me that he hasn't taken any of that away from you. And I'm like, how can I be the one that would get up and lead worship? How can I be the one that can proclaim Jesus when I've done all these things? And he was just like, I don't care about that. I care about you. And I'm going to get more glory out of this. And I just love you. And it, it made me think about those things when you were talking about all that. And it's like... Because I know, I know that love, and I want to, I want to be that love, you know. And I know when you brought up this topic, like I don't know, like I was just talking to the Lord, and it was like, you know, what do you want me to? 
what are you, what are you saying on this subject? And he was like, you know exactly what I'm saying on this <laughs> subject. I'm your first love. And um, I know a lot of people are afraid of revelation, but it is, it's called the revelation for a reason. It's the revelation <laughs> of his love and him completing yes. everything. But it's really, um, it used to scare the crap out of me. <laughs> but now when I see it, it's like, every time I read it, there's something else where it's like, wow, this is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, I, I don't know, I feel weird reading this from my phone. Like, he is the all-powerful God. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I love how the Passion says that he is the completion. But mm. it's like that all-powerful God wants to be with you. And he, he wants you. And I just really felt like, For me, for us, everybody watching, like the word for this is to return to your first love. Mm -hmm. And um, just read some of the stuff I have. He is our first love and our only love. Therefore, he is the one we are joined to for all eternity. And like he's really been talking to me about having this eternal mindset. Like yes. it's like it's not just about that one day. And like, I know we we talk about like the wedding feast, and it's like it's not just about like that one day. It's not in the future. Like it's right now, and I'm gonna build that for eternity. And it's like I get. Mm. I don't totally understand it, but it's like I get Jesus for eternity, and like I think being married has really helped me understand what it means to be joined to somebody. But it's like. If I get to be in eternity with him, I want to be as beautiful as I can be. And like, and that's just being with him. It's like, I know like the longer Zach and I are together, it's like the more we kind of become like each other and there's different things and like, you know, our sense of humor and everything like, um, it's just, but I love that. It's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not losing myself. Like I've gained him and I've gained being in love. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, My next thought was, we were bought with his blood, and our lives are to demonstrate what he's done. We have overcome by his blood and by our testimonies of our lover's power working in our lives. And that was me reading in Revelation. Um, you know, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The next part is, they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die 
and like I was thinking about it last night and it was just like it's like I, I would die for him I would and I know like that's really easy to say but it's like There's, it's like, why would I, I don't know, I couldn't say that if I didn't mean it. <laughs> um, it would make me a liar, <laughs> you know, but um, uh, this is Revelation 2, um, and this is John talking to the church of Ephesus, who was a really mature church. Um, but this is that call to that first love. Um, it's starting in verse 2. I know all that you have done for me. You have worked hard and persevered. I know that you don't tolerate evil, and you have tested those who claim to be apostles and proved they were not, uh, for they are, were imposters. I also know how you have bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name, yet you have not become discouraged. But I have to say this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place of influence if you do not repent. Although to your credit, you despise the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also despise. You can look that up. Uh, the one whose heart is open. Let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying now to all the churches. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just for them. It was all the churches. Yeah. To the one who overcomes, I will give access to feast on the fruit of the tree of life that is found in paradise. Mm -hmm. And like... I know it's so easy to get like, Jesus, I love you, and I'm going to do all these things for you. And it's just, and like, but it's like we get so focused on like the doing. And it's like, I mean, he was even talking about like, you know, even like in persecution and everything. And it's like, but if you just keep fighting without that connection, like, you're gonna lose and um and like i don't know like i i just i started thinking about like from john's perspective like having to like say all of that but <coughs> like he through the rest of chapter two and three like john was obedient and giving those um how did i say it Messages of encouraging correction. Yeah, <laughs> God that's gave that's me that. And I was just like, <laughs> okay. Because, like, I wanted to say it was, like, this really unpleasant thing or whatever, but it was like he was correcting in love. He yeah. did what God told him to do. And it was like he knew that he was loving those people and giving them the truth. And well, but <coughs> yeah, when, go ahead. when we correct someone, it is out of love. Yeah, you know, I, I remember it, it was like after I, I announced that I was going to leave 
and everything. And, you know, I, I gave like a whole day for the kids to ask me questions. And one of the kids asked me, what do you regret? And I said that I wasn't more stern with all of you, that I didn't correct the things that I saw. And I, you know, I let some things slip. I was like, if I had to do it all over again, I was like, I would be more stern on those things and I wouldn't just let them slip. I was like, because ultimately being stern and correcting gives you a chance to grow in the yeah. right way. And they probably were like, you wanted to be more stern. <laughs> but it, 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 you know, with, you know, Paul doing that, it's, it's not because so many people think correcting is a negative thing. Well, I'm getting in trouble again. Mm -hmm. But when God corrects you, it's like, man, I'm going to make you so much better than yeah. you are right now. And, you know, I, I just think about, you know, our teachers that we've had over the years, you know, through anything, any teacher worth their salt, and Jesus is a teacher, mm -hmm. they're going to correct you so you are not just in some falsehood. Yeah. You know, and that sends you in the right path. And that's what Paul's doing there. It's like, yes. This is encouraging because you're going to be better because you're going to go back to that first love. You're going to be on fire. You know, when you were talking about that, I was thinking, like, when we rededicated our lives, it was like, give me word, give me, like, <laughs> presence, you know. And it's like now it's just like, you know, all right, I read my Bible today. And it's like, no, I don't want that. I want yeah. to, you know, be, like, always, like, being, like, He's talking always. Yeah, I know he's talking always, but it's like, am I listening always? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, I'm not. So I, I <laughs> have got to fix that. That's me. So I, I just, I, like, the correction thing was big because it's it's out of love. It's never, yeah, the right correction. Yeah. Well, it says he chastens those he loves, and those yeah. that he doesn't, they're bastards. Yeah. Bastards a bad, big old word. You know, you're a you ain't even in the kingdom, you bastard. And the scripture says it, so I'm saying it. You guys <laughs> 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 I feel like I'm taking every opportunity. <laughs> but I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, like, it's, that's a strong, but he had to use strong words. Yeah. But, like, my, my best friend David, when I was probably 15, I mean, I was making every South Park joke and everything. He's horrible things. And I'm newly Christian and everything. And oh. he's, like, probably my age now. He was then. Pulled his truck over, me and my friend Gunner were in the car, and with tears. Yelling, but with tears. Yeah. Saying, don't you know what you're saying? Yeah. Don't you know the power of your words? Don't you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. And Gunner's just like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, because I'm receiving is what yeah. he's saying. And like, that marked me. You know, He's like, don't you know who you're representing? Don't you want to be this and this? He's like, why do you act this way? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> it was just the Lord. But but with tears, it says Romans 2, 4, it's loving kindness and forbearance and patience is what intended to turn us from our sin. What I love about it, is as, as I meditated on it, is Romans 1. He says, and they did all these things. And the church is probably like, yeah, they did, you dang sinners. And then Romans 2, but aren't you just the same? Yeah. Yeah. And what changed you? 
loving kindness and forbearance and patience. So you be the same. Whenever God declares something of himself, he's declaring something of what we should be. And he's saying the way chapter one people are changed in a chapter two people, or really chapter three, four, you know, <laughs> redeem people, is loving, kindness, forbearance, and patience. I want to be around people, even if it's years and they never change and they treat me no different. I don't change. Because my God never changed he's never looked at me different he's never (laughs) told you so nothing he has seen me the same and he's continued to call me who i am in him no matter how i act and that loving kindness has led me to change my mind multiple times over the years and i've been dumb (laughs) but that's what i tell people i don't I used to not like my, because, you know, you hear all these testimonies, people, they, they change and they are 100% different and they turn their back on everything. And then you see me 10 years in this thing with a ride that looks like a roller coaster by man's standards. Yeah. But now when I look at it through his eyes, I see a young man being pursued constantly pursued pursued people put in my life to pursue me him pursuing me in my bedroom (laughs) him when i'm not looking for him trying to get away from him pursuing me making himself evident and i said beating my steering wheel saying i'm trying to get away from you i'm trying to be cold and you've turned up the heat why won't you leave me alone you love that's the love I'm talking about. <laughs> Some people are able just they drop it all, but man, I'm telling you, if you give your life to him, your li- you can't take it back. There's no take backs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he will pursue you. And we think of oh, the devil's after us. We don't know the fiery <laughs> consuming passion of our God. <laughs> the devil's not all powerful, yeah. but our God is. You can go to the deepest, darkest dregs of death and despair, and there he is. <laughs> Why is he there? Because you're there. It reminds me, my dad's told this story many times. Uh, he got saved, and then like he went away. I think I'm telling it right, but he went to someplace in Mississippi, someplace like I've never even heard of like the name sounds like it is like out of the backwoods of everything. <laughs> and he's like in this trailer and he's on like a job and he's like in his mind, he's like, I'm finally away from it all. And he's like, and then God shows, <laughs> shows up. He's like, I thought I got away. He's like, I didn't, you can't even find this place on the map. That's how <laughs> backwoods it is. He's like, but God showed up in that trailer. And he was like, I packed up that night and I left and I went back home because God showed me the love that no one else has ever shown me. He was like, that's the thing that changes everything is once you you know that love, you can run, like you're saying, you can run as far as you possibly can, but he's the first love and he go find you. He's like a bloodhound. <laughs> he get that scent. He coming after you. But that, I... I you were saying that, and I, like, 
I just I remember him telling me that, you know, and we've all, I think we've all had that experience. You think we, we've gotten to the place where it's like, we can't go back. You know, we've made our mistakes, but psh, he just walks in that room. He's like, hey, grab your stuff. Let's go. <laughs> and just that's what he's called us to. And not, I'm not saying we got to like grin bear, like, oh, I got to be like God. No, but where we wake up and when we see someone. When Jesus said he has compassion, literally it means from the his core, it was like a, a aching within him of compassion for these people that followed him for three days or compassion for the, he had compassion for the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He had compassion for mm-hmm. them all. If I can get even just a pinky's worth of the level of love that I've seen from him and then display that towards the people I meet, that's awesome. But he calls me to the fullness. Yeah. He yeah. says, <sighs> I think it's here. Yeah. Therefore, as, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with gratitude. And then go down a little bit and it says, For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority, you are also circumcised in him with the circumcision not done with hands by putting off the body of flesh and the circumcision of the Messiah, having been buried with him in baptism. You're also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased his certificate of debt with his obligations that was against us and opposed to us. And he has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them by him. The fullness of God dwells in Jesus. And then he poured himself out into us. The one who is ruler over all rulers, authority over all authorities, power over all powers has poured himself out into us. I was, you were reading earlier, and I'm going to toss it back to you here in a second. But, you know, we say, we've been bought with a prize. We've been bought with a prize. And God just put this, this thought in my mind. It was like, I bought you when you were worthless, mm-hmm. when nobody would buy you. But I brought, I bought you with the most precious commodity, my son, his blood. I bought you with that. He's like when nobody wanted you. When, and I was just thinking about you know like penny stocks or stock that no one wants, but you know they're trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. No one wants it. That's what we were like. But God was like, let's take it all. Every single one of them for eternity. I want. I'm paying the price right now in full ahead of time before they're even, before they're even alive. I'm paying it in full, mm-hmm. and it's just like, wow, like that. That just blew my mind. It's like the return on investment, mm-hmm. <laughs> like our ROI. Are we, are we in that relationship that our ROI is what God has put into us? And I mean, you know what. What you pay for something is the value you see it as. Yeah. So we're as valuable as Christ Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, it's not like him saying that. It's not to like guilt and shame you and be like, 
look what I did for you, yeah. you worthless piece of crap. You know, it's, yeah. it's, I did that because I believe that you're worthy because mm -hmm. I made you and I see, like you were saying, the full value yeah. in you. And one last thing that just came in my head, you know, when you sit and talk about that, the heavens open and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then he said, when Mo Elijah and Moses were standing there, here is my son, listen to him. And you see God affirming Jesus, who is the value for our salvation. So you see God continually reigning the value of Christ Jesus. And in doing that, speaking of our value by what mm -hmm. you've said. So we see as him, he poured out his love on Jesus and he declared who he is, how much he's worth to him is in turn saying, you're worth this much to me because I'm giving of this valuable <laughs> to you, for you. Mm. Maybe you got more. Yeah. Um. Um, this is Psalm 45, and it has a lot of, like, the language in, like, Song of Songs, but, um, this is starting in verse 7, but I really, I I love psalms because it's a lot of most of it's like songs and poetry maybe, but um. But at the beginning, I, I'll have those descriptions, and I I love it. Um, it says this is for the pure and shining one. Um, like I said, this is verse seven. Um, you're passionate for righteousness, and you hate lawlessness. This is why God, your God, crowns you with bliss above your fellow kings he has anointed you more than any other for his oil of fervent <coughs> with his oil of fervent joy the very fragrance of heaven's gladness your royal robes release the scent of suffering love for your bride the odor of aromatic incense is upon you from the pure and shining place lovely music that makes you glad uh, that makes you glad is played for your pleasure the daughters of kings, women of honor, are maidens in your court and standing beside you, glistening in your pure golden glory, is the beautiful bride-to-be. Now listen, daughter, pay attention and forget about your past. Put behind, <coughs> put behind you every attachment to familiar, even those who once were close to you, for your royal bridegroom is ravished by your beautiful brightness, Bow in reverence before him, for he is Lord. And I, I love that Jesus calls us the bride because he is 
the king. And I know it, um, but it's like if I'm the bride, then, you know, I'm, I'm royalty as well because I'm, I'm with him. And it's like, that's how he sees me and how, um, you know, even though I did nothing to earn <laughs> that. Um, but um, I love it because it this it speaks of Jesus as a glorious king groom and we are the bride. And uh, like I was saying earlier, we have to have this eternal mindset and not just thinking on it, but having an eternal lifestyle. Um, because we have eternal life with our Savior, and we have to love him with eternity in mind. We get forever with him, and we cannot ignore him now and not be connected to him. And we are already joined to him. And this is Ephesians 5. Um And to the husbands, you are to demonstrate love for your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us, his bride. For he died for us, sacrificing himself to make us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. All that he does in us is designed to make us a mature church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him glorious and radiant, beautiful, holy, without fault or flaw. No one abuses his own body, but pampers it, serving and satisfying its needs. That's exactly what Christ does for his church. He serves and satisfies us as members of his body. For this reason, a man is to leave his father and mother and lovingly hold to his wife, since the two have become joined as one flesh. Marriage is the beautiful design of the Almighty, a great and sacred mystery meant to be a vivid example of Christ and his church. Knowing that Jesus sees me that way and wants to be that intimately connected with me. It's just like, and knowing all the, you know, knowing who he is, like, I don't know, just as we've been talking, like, I just keep thinking it's like, he's so worth it and he's so worthy. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I don't know, I wish I could express what I'm thinking and feeling, but, like, he sees, he sees us that way and wants to be so intimately joined to us. And I 
Like, how can we say no? You <laughs> were reading in Psalms, and you brought, there was something about fragrances or aromas, and it reminded me of Ephesians 2, 14 and 15. And God always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Through our yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. We have become the unmistakable aroma of the victory of the anointed one to God, a perfume of life to those being saved and the odor of death to those who are perishing. And God revealed a little bit more of that to me is like if you're around somebody that has a very strong cologne like you smell that pretty much the rest of the day like it it, it gets into like your clothes and all of that we're supposed to be so close to Jesus that God cannot make the difference between us and him because we smell like Jesus his aroma that's what it says right there we have become the unmistakable aroma of the victory of the anointed one to God that's big <laughs> that's big <laughs> I'm, I'm like that's huge to me it's smell is such a big thing it, it triggers so many like emotions and memories and everything but we're so close to Jesus. We've already been granted this. Like, it's not like, oh, we got to work for it. We're already this to God. That's why he, he has such a connection with us. He sees us as his children, but it's through Jesus. Everything is through Jesus. Like, it keeps going back to that. Everything is through Jesus. And I was thinking about Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 and 5. <laughs> and it says... Listen, O Israel, the Lord is your God, the Lord alone, and you will love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. But it also says in the scriptures that God loved us first. That command to the Israelites wasn't something that he didn't do already. Right. It's like, I love you this much. This is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, I love you so much. I want to bring you in the full realization. And like it, like it starts with having a relationship. You know, you got to get to know him. You got to get you. You got to get comfortable with him and start trusting him. And that's something that I think is the hardest thing as a Christian to let me say that again as a disciple to trust God because we want to hold on to so many things. But he already loves us. He already sees us as he sees the sun. He's ready to take it all. He's ready to make make everything new. He already has. We have to give up, like we talked last week, abandoning ourselves. And then we're going to see Jesus is like the only thing that we need to worry about. We don't need to worry about, you know, where's the next paycheck? What's this, you know, this, that, or the other. It's just like, 
hey, Jesus, I'm going to just focus on you. I'm just going to love on you. I'm going to follow the, the directions that I've been given. I'm going to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, and all my muchness. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm just going to live. I'm just going to live in the aroma. I'm just going to... <laughs> you know, somebody get that. You got good cologne on. Stinky jeans. <laughs> I was going to say, that stink. <laughs> got that, that, that good cologne. You're like, man, what you wearing? It's like, oh, I'm wearing the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, like that. It's like, man, I want to smell like that. Like I've had friends that had like good cologne. I'm like, what is that? Like they tell me, and I'm like, okay, thanks. And I go buy it because it smelled so good. <laughs> call it Espiritus. Uh, crap, I can't remember the rest of the words. Fuego. The <laughs> <laughs> Spiritus Fuego. Muy <laughs> <Boy> caliente. <laughs> um, uh, Chad, you got anything? Yeah. Um, I can just think back. There was a time period where I ran from God, and Judah talked a lot about how much God pursues us. During that time period where I was running from God for, it was for a long time. It was like four or five years. He would not leave me alone. He won't. <laughs> like, and I was battling with myself because I'd been, I was out of the church during this time period, and I got to the point several times where I was just thinking in my mind, does God even exist? Like, either God will not leave me alone or I am losing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And I could not figure out which one it was. But um, it's just been interesting to see that I rededicated myself to God at 22, 21, 22, and now I'm at 30. And I can just see my life during that time period and there were times where there was radical positive change and then there was times where there was no change or where things went backwards and after I have this much of a sample size I can see how clear the times in my life when I was doing this it had nothing to do with Mm. my effort Mm -hmm. or my good planning or anything it was when I was most in love with God yep yeah and then everything else kind of fell into place mm-hmm. and everything else worked. Yep. And then there were time periods where I didn't trust God. I didn't believe God mm. wanted to do the things that he was the one to put in my heart in the first place. Mm-hmm. Then I turned from him. Then I tried to do all the things that he wants me to do and nothing happened. Yeah. That's a big <laughs> that's a big thing for us to learn is he doesn't if you get up there and try to take any credit for anything, you ain't getting no credit for nothing. <laughs> Jesus said multiple times, oh, you did that? Oh, they clap for you? There's your reward. You got to clap. Good job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, you did that? They said good job? There's your, there's your reward. That's all you're getting. That's nice. <laughs> uh, Sunday, um, <clears throat> we have a friend that uh, lives nearby and Zach went to go hang out with him and I was like yeah it's like a guy thing or whatever and but like I I just kept feeling and I was just like Amy you should be there too and I I know it was God and like (coughs) I started I was sitting at the piano and I started 
working on some songs and stuff like that. And he was like, if you're choosing this, choosing writing, choosing your songs over this person, I will not bless that song. Mm. And it was so just like, and I was like, well, what about this song? <laughs> 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 I was like, it was. Just so bring up one of your last favorite songs. I'm not working on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it was. I mean, it was even just stuff like I was planning on leading for you know whatever's coming up. And he was like, nope. Mm-hmm. I was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. He is way more important, and you're being really stupid. <laughs> and like, I was like, this, this is not who I am. Like people, people are more important than me playing a song perfectly or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And like, I text Zach and I was like, Hey, like, what are y'all doing? And it was like, they were like in the middle of watching like Braveheart or whatever. <laughs> and I, I was like that was the first time I've ever seen the end <laughs> I was like well I don't want to come in the middle of the movie or whatever but it was like I knew I was going to go over there anyway yeah. and it was just like like I mean we ended up having a really great time and like just hanging out he's a really great guy and like and it was just like even though like those songs and Leading worship and all that stuff, like, you know, it's great. It's like, it can never be more important than, because it's a, those, they're about showing love to people and like nothing in our lives can be more important than the people around us, the people that he's put us in contact with, because <coughs> those are the people he's put us in contact with to pursue, just like he's. We've been talking about him pursuing us. You know, it's like, it's being that person that's just like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> you know? Because that's what he does to us, you yeah. know? So I have an ending uh, part of Colossians. I'm glad, uh, yeah, sorry. I kept putting it back. <laughs> um, it's what brothers are for. I'm glad Paul got to write this so I can just read it. Uh, (laughs) 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 It's like a neat little package. I'm just saying, you know, it was put together for me. Um, So this is Colossians 3. And it's funny, what I love about the Lord is like, I I just like went in there and like saw stuff that looked like what I was going to say. And then like just highlighted it. And then like, Everything just kept like, okay, now it's time for this. And, oh, look, the next thing I highlighted was exactly. <laughs> but this right here seems to be very good for an ending. So now it starts to the therefore. When you have a therefore, you have to see what it's there for. But I'm going to use that therefore. So as a therefore, since everything we've discussed tonight, mm-hmm. because of the Lord, you know, what, what it focuses is therefore God's chosen ones, holy and loved, put on heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Accepting one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Mm-hmm. Just in the same way the Lord didn't look for you to be ready and able or even caring to be forgiven. He forgave us. Just think about that's a radical forgiveness, guys, for us to forgive someone who don't even not even looking for it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yet he says for us to do that. Uh, above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of the Messiah, to which you are also called, in one body, control your hearts. Be thankful. Let the message about the Messiah dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing and psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I just think that's a good summation, you know, of how we're supposed to act now that we know that Jesus is the source of our life. I mean, it's really, I could break that down, but good. I was going to say, just because of the word you just said. You're good. Like, because God is our source. Jesus is our source. Mm-hmm. You were talking earlier about how people try to put, you know, principles and methods mm-hmm. and formulas, everything. I feel like a lot of those things, they're right. They may be factually accurate. Yeah. But something that God taught me a couple years ago, those are resources. Mm-hmm. If it's a re, that means it's a secondhand source. Mm-hmm. But he is the source. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I spent a lot of my life trying to get closer to God by not getting closer to God. Mm-hmm. It was a weird thing where like I'm trying to develop in gifts and develop in this and develop in that without a relationship with God. Yeah. I didn't want a relationship with God. I was angry at God, but I was still trying to go forward. Um, things didn't start moving until I went to the source and not resources. Yeah. This is all the way back to the very beginning of what you're making this, wanting this to be about is that Christ is the center of everything. Yeah. People, there's a lot of people out there who are pursuing gifts and wanting to see into the sea around and all these things and have no knowledge of Christ Jesus. And are they going to be able to access those things? Sure. They can get all up in those things and destroy themselves and lose their life. Wasted their time. We heal the sick. We raise the dead. We cleanse the lepers in your name. Go away from me, you worker of iniquity. You're useless, is what he said. You worker of uselessness. You worker of waste. Go away from me, for I never knew you. You can be a pure, innocent virgin and have no intimacy and knock on the door and he says, I don't know you. These are Jesus' words. Why are we... (laughs) I'm going to get fired up again, guys. Why are, we pers- Why are we pursuing all these things that are not him? Why do we call ourselves Christians when we're just spiritualists? Mm. New age, demonic, pagans, under the guise of purity, disgracing the name of Jesus. It's disgusting. And... He wants no part of it. And I want no part of it. 
And that's just insane. You can heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, give your body to be burned, give everything you have to the poor, know all wisdom and all understanding, all knowledge. Have not love, you have nothing. You're brazen gong and a sounding symbol, whatever that verse says. <laughs> you wasted your life. But he's calling. There's no man who's without excuse. No one will be able to get before him and say, I didn't know. Because he sits at the door and knocks. You might be spiritual. You might have all your ducks in a row spiritually and understand that even the depths of the spiritual realm and be as dead as a person who doesn't know anything about him. That is scary. That is scary. That's why he said the door is narrow. Because he is the only door. He is the only way. <laughs> There's no other way. You can't. They said there was a man. He threw a party. He called all those people who were called. They didn't come. He got everyone from the highways and the byways. And there was still one who came. But he wasn't dressed in the right attire. So he said, throw him out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why did he throw him out? He invited him. He wasn't robed, right? Because he got in there some other way. There's no other way to the Father. There's no other way to the feast. There's no other way to heaven, which is really the Father, <laughs> except through Jesus. You cannot be garbed in your own self-righteousness. That's what the man was garbed in. Your own self-acts. I'm telling anybody who's watching this, if we get before the Lord and we have anything we can bring up, he's the one who says, well, good, well done, good and faithful servant. We don't say we've been well done. We're good and faithful servants. Mm -hmm. A man does not seek his own praise. Let another man mm -hmm. praise you. Do you? <laughs> That's strong, guys. It's strong. But it's to protect us. Because yeah. he is love. He says, love does not prefer its own. He told me, and that's what another thing goes with this, and I can talk for hours, but he told me love that is earned is not love. He said there's many people out there who are, think they're in love, but they're in need. There's people who are married that have been in need with each other. They don't even they're not in love, they're in need. You fulfill my needs. We have our sheets. Oh, I just need a man with a good job and a good credit score and a good this and a good this. And he's got to be nice to me. He's got to buy me flowers. He's got to. It's the same thing, guys and girls. I'm not just, you know, it's an example. I need you. 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 And if you don't fulfill this or if you stop fulfilling this, I don't need you anymore. Yeah. And I'll find someone who fulfills these needs. That's why there's divorce in the church. That's why there's a divorce in general, because no, there's so many people who have never been in love, but they say they are, and they abuse those words. The Lord has been really drilling this in my heart, <laughs> and it makes love all the more beautiful, because like before when I dated people, they're like, why do you love me? And like, even then I had an understanding of love, and now I really understand, and I can never give a woman a list now of reasons I love her. It's not that I love you, it's just that I am love. I am like my father, and you are the one <laughs> that I just want to pour that love out on 
all the evers and evers, and that's all I got. And I'm just, but that's but that's pure because if I have reasons, what if those reasons change? Hmm. You've hurt me. You've changed. Yeah. There's something different about you. You're not the same. And then I don't love you anymore. You never really loved me in the first place. <laughs> and that's if we can, if the church can learn the difference between need and love, there will be no divorce. Two people who are truly in love cannot get divorced. In the same way, those who truly know the Lord can never leave him. <laughs> because if love doesn't prefer its own, how can you get divorced? If you're divorcing, it's because you preferred your own. The thing you said right before that, say it again. I don't know what I said. It was like, if you love him, you can't leave him. Right? Yeah. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He loved us first. He's not going back on his word. Mm-hmm. That just hit me. That was like, oh, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he loves us. It's there. Yeah. It's done. He's not taking it back. He's he's like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I don't take anything back. Because his love was never contingent on anything. Literally anything. The act of giving himself didn't even make him contingent. The giving was already the expression of who he was. For God so loved the world that he gave. It doesn't say, for God gave of himself and then he loved. But for God so loved the world that he gave. Mm -hmm. So we show that love comes before giving. If giving comes before love, it's not love. Manipulation. Yes, and I have manipulated the crap out of people. I have given in hopes of gaining love. I have said I love you in hopes of hearing it back. Mm-hmm. And now I get, I don't, I can tell the difference now when I hear I love you from someone when they're saying I love you or they're saying I need you. You can tell. Because there's the pause of waiting for it in return. And it's not a condemnation or anything, but people need to be freed (laughs) to be able to stop saying I love you if you don't mean it. Mm -hmm. Or just say, hey, I need you. And then get corrected. You don't work that out. Because we shouldn't need anyone. Yeah. I think they call it codependency these days. Yeah. It's a buzzword. People jump from relationship to relationship and they call it love. I'm just so in love. I I would be in love so quick with girls and then wonder why it only lasted a few months. And now I know I needed them desperately to fulfill something in me. And it was horrible. And we both were destroyed because we needed each other. And once we satisfied each other in a sense, we realized how dissatisfied we were Mm -hmm. and how unfulfilling that is. And now the Lord has just been so radicalizing and just changing my mind on that. It just showing me, because I already knew, but like now when he just reveals more and more and shows the beauty of it and how you, and just to even meditate on how I can love someone and it never change. They could do the worst thing ever to me and I never change. I never see them different. I never think about them different because it was never contingent upon their actions towards me. I know these are strong words, but this is just what I'm learning. 
But it's free because if I get hurt and I have God in me, I'm shutting off my vision to be able to speak into their life. But if I love them with no hindrances, never love them for what they did for me, for what they do for me, but because I myself am love as my father is, mm. then even if they do the deepest of darkest of heinous things, I can still see them for who they are. And I can, just in the same way we just read, I can forgive them as he has forgiven us. He's calling us to very strong, <laughs> to be like him, to be like God. Aren't ye gods? Aren't, you, aren't we made of incorruptible seed? Come up higher. Come up higher. Come up here. See things from my perspective. Once you have the eternal perspective, <laughs> uh, my dad backed into my car the other day. And I didn't react the best of ways. But immediately my heart as he left was like, that's not who I am. That's not how I want to see it. It's just a car. Mm. It's just a dent. It can be fixed. Why am I going to sacrifice an eternal being over a temporal car? Mm. Mm. I, I texted him. I called him. And we're, we're good. But that just in my heart. And I was like, how can I, how can I sacrifice an eternal being for a temporal thing? That's big, man. <laughs> That's big. Yeah. How can I sacrifice that? That, man. You stole from me. You did this. You did this. And we become the accuser of the brethren. When we're the son of the forgiver. Hmm. And am I beat up? for reacting that way but no it was beautiful now to see the difference and in that moment I acted selfish and I thought of how am I going to fix this how am I how am I but then the Lord said what are you doing <laughs> that's not who you are how are you going to act that way you know it's not who you are he's eternal I can fix that <laughs> and that just makes me I'm like oh my gosh so I want to get to the place, and I believe I can. Someone can take everything from my house, admit they did it, and I not change. Y'all don't got to go for that, but that's what I'm going for. Because <laughs> it's not mine. Anyways, it's his house, it's his car, it's his everything. You're just stewarding it. Yeah. So if they steal it, he'll just give me more and better. Put Judah's address at the bottom <laughs> of the screen. <laughs> There's a key. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, anything else? I know this was a bit of a a long one, but I think it's, it's a good one. Breaking down a lot of things. I know it's broke down a lot of stuff for me personally through it. Going once, twice, three times. And Shad's going to pray us out. <laughs> 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 and. <laughs> 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 uh, 
is it? You guys <laughs> love me so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's your prayer for the night. You can check out this awesome show in video form on Facebook or YouTube, but we also have a podcast version mm-hmm. of the show. So if you're an audio listener and you're like, man, I wish I could get this thing, but just for my ears, we got <laughs> that for you. <laughs> we got that for you. You can also support the show, make it something that will go further and further to spreading the love of God to more people. You can go to patreon.com slash be a light. Support us there. We got a lot of awesome stuff going on there. But you can go to Cash App dollar sign Judah Bryant. Oh God! Send it that no. way if you prefer not to. <laughs> but you're like, I, I want some awesome merch, Zach. We got that for you as well. It's in the description. We got some awesome T-shirts, some Yahwehs, and some. We're getting a new one. We're fixing to get a new one. We're gonna dance like David or dance like David. It's gonna be lit, fam. You're gonna be straight dripping over there. Yeah. Cease and desist. Never mind. <laughs> we got all those awesome things. Check those out. Chad's about to fall asleep. So we're gonna we're gonna close it out tonight. This has been Zach. And Amy. Shad. And Judah. Y'all have a blessed week. <laughs> oh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's the bye? <laughs>